0: Good morning. Great to be with you this morning. If you have a Bible, open yours to Revelation chapter 12, the 12th chapter in the book of the Revelation. And once you have located it, I would like to begin our time together by reading verse 13. Revelation 12, verse 13, And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. And we now know from previous lessons, the dragon is the devil. Look at verse nine. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who was called the devil and Satan. And this dragon persecuted the woman. And we need to ask and answer the question, who is this woman? some have suggested the woman is Mary. They say Mary gave birth to the male child, and that would be correct, but here they are wrong. And I see several explanations just from the chapter that explain why this woman could not possibly be Mary. For example, look at verse, and the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth. Was Mary about to give birth when John wrote the revelation? Of course not. John is writing several decades after Jesus was born. Notice verse 5. This son is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Simple question. Did Jesus rule all the nations at any time after his birth? And again, the answer would be, of course not. Look at verse 6. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that there she would be nourished for one hundred or one thousand two hundred and sixty days. If we apply all of these verses to Mary, we we want to ask of verse six this question. Did Mary in any of the gospel accounts ever flee to the wilderness after giving birth to Jesus for one thousand two hundred and sixty days? And again, uh, the answer would be, of course, not. So we need to ask the question, who is this woman? Let me give you some clues. Uh, The first being Jeremiah 3 and 20. Surely, as a woman treacherously departs from her lover, so you have dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. Jeremiah calls Israel a woman. This woman gave birth to a male child. Now, now when we read those words, we think of Mary. Why don't we think of Israel? For example, in Isaiah 7, a virgin will be with child, and the child will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And we always apply that Isaiah 7 text to Mary. Mary is that virgin that gave birth to the male child. But later on in Isaiah, Isaiah talks about a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the us is Israel. Notice in verse 6, this woman needs to be nourished for 1,260 days. Why does this woman need to be nourished for that length of time? And what does this have to do with the nation of Israel? Well, for starters, Revelation 11 and 2 tells us the holy city, Jerusalem, will will be under siege for 1260 days, precisely the amount of time that she is being protected here in verse 6. Jesus, when speaking of the great tribulation, said in Matthew 24 and 9, then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. What nation will be hated by all nations that needs protection during the tribulation? Well, this woman, Israel. Perhaps one of the darkest, if not the darkest stain on the history of mankind is their persistent anti-Semitism. Never in the world's history has one people been hated more for as long as they have than the nation of Israel. I think we would all agree we are living in a time with heightened awareness of what you say about different ethnicities. If you were to tweet something inappropriate about the African-American community or an African-American, you can lose your job, your career, your, your reputation can forever be tarnished. But what about the Jewish people? Louis Farrakhan, several years back, said the Jews are satanic. They are like termites. He said Hitler was a great man. Did he lose his job, his career? Was his reputation forever tarnished? Now, what he said about them was several years back. But you may recall when George Floyd was killed by that Minnesota police officer, Louis Farrakhan shared the platform with other clergy. And the Nation of Islam provided the funerals security. A football player for the Philadelphia Eagles, African-American, quoted Adolf Hitler favorably and said the Jewish people will extort America and they have a plan for world domination. Did he lose his job? Did the NFL suspend him? No, he received an undisclosed fine followed by support from many of his teammates. I am not at all surprised for the hypocrisy. And here is why. Allow me to put four verses together for why during this future period, known as the tribulation, there will be anti Semitism like never before, but also an explanation for why uh, there has always been anti Semitism. In, in 1 John 4 and 3, we read, In every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist of which you have heard that it is coming, and now it is already in the world. The spirit of Antichrist is alive and well this morning. And I want you to know Christ is not anti-Israel, but for or pro-Israel. But the Antichrist is. Look at verse 9. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He deceives the whole world. Look at verse 17. So the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Enraged. or Orgizo, meaning full of anger. And why is the devil full of anger? Well, he's enraged with the Jewish remnant obey God and say, Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. Look at Revelation 13, verses 3 and 4. Revelation 13, 3 and 4, and I saw one of his heads as it had been slain, and his fatal wound was was healed. Now watch this, and the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. And we now know the beast is the Antichrist. Now watch this, verse 4, they worshiped the dragon because he gave us gave his authority to the beast, and they worship the beast, saying, who is like the beast and who is able to wage war with him? So when you put these four verses together, you have the dragon, the devil, he deceives the whole world to worship him. And, And since the Jewish remnant who obey God and preach Jesus won't, he is enraged with the woman. Despite worldwide hatred, violent persecution, from Israel's beginning to the present and into the future tribulation. I want you to know the Jewish people always survive. John Phillips uh, gives us a clue as to why. Uh, He wrote, Significantly, the turning point came in Moses' life when he saw in the desert that mysterious burning bush, which flamed and blazed away, but for all the crackling of the fire was not consumed. Now listen to what he said. That bush clearly symbolized Israel, which cannot be consumed despite the ceaseless hatred of her foes because God is in her midst. Israel cannot be assimilated into the nations, nor can she be exterminated by the nation. She is a burning bush in the wilderness. She is a burning bush in the wilderness. Now, it's one thing for John Phillips to say such a thing. How about if scripture were to say such a thing? Listen to what Luke writes in Acts 7, verses 30 through 34. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, in the flame of a burning thorn bush. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight, and as he approached to look more closely, there came a voice of the Lord. Now listen to what the voice said. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Moses shook with fear and would not venture to look. But the Lord said to him, Take off the sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt and have heard their groans and I have come down to rescue them. Luke links the burning bush that cannot be consumed to the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that's Israel. But did you hear what else is included? I have come down to rescue them. The bush might be on fire, but it will not be consumed. And the reason? Jesus is coming. And when he comes, according to Romans 11, he comes to save all Israel, to rescue Israel. And that's what this chapter is all about. Look at verse 14. But the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the presence of the serpent. A time and times and a half a time is 1260 days, 42 months, three and a half years. The woman will be rescued for the exact time period, she is attacked. Who rescued the nation from Egypt and the Older Testament in the wilderness? The eagle. Exodus 19 and 4, God addressed Moses and Israel and said, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you, listen, on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. The Jewish people were not literally picked up on eagle's wings and carried to the Lord. This phrase is simply used symbolically for the Lord's protection of the Jewish people in their Exodus wanderings. How will they be rescued in verse 14? The two wings of the great eagle. Deuteronomy adds to these thoughts in the 32nd chapter, verses 9 through 12, for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the allotment of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the howling waste of a wilderness, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that hovers over its young. He spread his wings and caught them. He carried them on his pinions. The Lord alone guided him, and there was no foreign God with him. Where is she being nourished in verse 14? In the wilderness. This reminds us that in the past, God sustained them in the wilderness with manna from heaven and water from the rock, and now he nourishes them again in the future. How could we possibly think the woman is anyone other than the nation of Israel? There is nothing about these verses that point to Mary, but they all point to the nation of Israel. Frustrated by this defeat of his first assault on the Jewish people, the devil will will launch a second attack. Notice verses 15 and 16. And the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman so that he might cause her to be swept away with the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and drank up the river which the dragon poured out of his mouth. And the earth opened its mouth, and the earth helped the woman. Why do we open our mouths? To swallow, right? Right? Well, once again, the imagery is reminiscent of Moses' description of God's destruction of Pharaoh's army and rescuing Israel in Exodus 15 and 12. Listen carefully. You stretched out your right hand. Now, listen. The earth swallowed them. The earth swallowed them. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed. Attack number three, verse 17. So the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who... Keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. What do we mean by two wings of the great eagle? I'm going to give you what some Bible teachers have suggested, and then I'm going to give you the obvious. You've heard me say many times when the good sense makes perfect sense, seek no other sense. Otherwise, you end up with nonsense. Well, nonsense number one. Some have suggested the eagle with its two wings is an airplane. Jesus, in Matthew 24, when speaking of this future event, says, flee of the mountains. John, in chapter 12, says, flee to the wilderness. This is not a contradiction. We just simply have, have a wilderness with mountains. Not exactly a good landing spot for 168 Airbus 380s. We cannot be totally certain just how many Jewish people are being protected in this chapter, what we can be certain of is there are at least 144,000 of them. So let's just for a moment use that number, and we're going to be introduced to that number again in Chapter 14. There are currently 242 Airbus 380s that sit 853 passengers, and we would need 168 of them to fly 144,000 Jewish people into the wilderness mountains. Tell me if this sounds like the eagle is an airplane. Matthew 24, Jesus said, When those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Whoever is on the housetop must not go down to get things out of their house. Whoever is in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. What's the point of those two verses? Very little time. There's no time to go back home and and get your toothbrush. There's no time to go back and get your sweater. No time for 144,000 Jewish people to leave their homes and head to the airport and board 168 planes either. Nonsense. Some have suggested angels uh, because they they have wings. We know Michael the archangel protects Israel. He does it right here in Revelation 12. He Daniel 12 and 1, now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, this is not as laughable as the first, but we do have a problem, and that is Michael, the angel, is never described as an angel, or an eagle, I should say. Some have suggested that America will protect Israel, and the reason, well, the bald eagle is the bird that represents the United States of America, and President John F. Kennedy said the bald eagle symbolizes the strength and freedom of America. And if there's one thing Israel needs at this time, in Revelation 12, it's strength and freedom from her oppressors. So who is the eagle? I should add, one other reason why the eagle could not be America is that The USA is ruled out on the basis of the USA's absence in prophecy. And we're going to find out as we move into chapter 13 and we're introduced to these ten horns and other kingdoms. There's no mention of the United States. We also need to be reminded that in Zechariah 12 and 3, it says, And all the nations of the earth will be gathered against Jerusalem, all the nations, not most of them, but all. And that has to include America. So let's talk about who this eagle with two wings must be, has to be, cannot be any anyone other than. Wings in scripture do indeed symbolize strength. Isaiah 40 and 31, but listen to whose strength they symbolize. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. Israel needs the Lord. Wings speak to speed. If they're going to fly quickly from their oppressor, Psalm 18 and 10, and he sped upon the wings of the wind. So these wings speak to strength and speed and that is precisely what Israel needs. But more than anything, wings speak of protection. The Psalms repeatedly use the imagery of wings to describe God's protection of his covenant people Israel. Psalm 17 and eight, keep me as the apple of the eye. Who's the apple of God's eye? Israel, hide me, he says, in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 36 and seven, how precious is your loving kindness, O God, and the children of men, take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 57 and one, in the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge until destruction passes by. Psalm 61 and four, let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings. <clears throat> this is not an airplane. This is not an angel. This is not America. This is God Almighty. But last week, Lauren asked a question that I did not fully answer. How do we know when words in this book are to be taken literally versus symbolically? And I will add one more. How do we know when the two become one? Well, the symbolism leads to literalism. God is not a literal eagle, but the symbol is literal in the sense that God is all that an eagle is fast and strong, and he protects. The Antichrist is not a literal beast, but he is like an animal in his actions. What have we just learned repeatedly, over and over again? Well, the two witnesses, they have a message. That their message lasts as long as Israel's persecution and her protection. It comes with evidence. Facts are confirmed. What? God will destroy the nations that come against Israel. And right here in Revelation 12, what evidence does God use? He takes us back to Egypt. He takes us back to the imagery of Egypt, where God protected his people. And John takes us forward. God will protect his people. There is a wilderness. There is nourishment. There is an eagle. The earth swallows her enemies. God is the eagle in the wilderness, both in the past, past evidence, future fulfillment. God will save the nation of Israel. Well, each and every we meet I I leave a few minutes to talk to you about the gospel the good news that God wants to save you from your sin how does he do that well he sends his son do you know the God of the Bible because to know him is to know the God who forgives the God who loves the God who has mercy grace He is the God who gives us a message. He says, repent and believe the gospel. Repent means to change your mind about what you believe and how you behave. What do you believe about Jesus? Jesus is the eternal son of God who was born of a virgin, led a sinless life, died on a cruel cross for your sins, rose again on the third day, and he's coming back again. And the message of the revelation is flee from the wrath that is to come. Flee from that hour that is about to come on the world. Flee from the devil and the Antichrist who will have so much control. Repent today, believe, and you will be rapture ready. You will be forgiven. You will be rescued from the tribulation. I pray that you will repent and believe. May God bless his word and may God bless you.